5: Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. Okay, y'all, I get so excited when I get to talk to experts in their field and experts of practices that you might have overlooked or have shunned. I'm like, "Mm -mm, that's too different for me. I don't want to try it. But today we have a guest that I am sure you are going to love. She's practiced mindfulness with stars like Janelle Monae, Janet Mock, Shonda Rhimes, and Jennifer Garner. And she's going to share some of that with us right here on Checking In. Hey everybody, thank y'all so much for checking in to. I call them all wonderful. Another wonderful episode of Checking In. You guys, these episodes have just been getting progressively more amazing. The knowledge that is being shared by various people of various different fields in the mental health world. My next guest, y'all, She is an internationally celebrated Peloton yoga teacher. She's collaborated with such brands as Starbucks, the NFL, and y'all get this. Yes, I'm going to say it. She was the first African American global yoga ambassador for Lululemon. Y'all, please welcome Dr. Chelsea Jackson
6: Roberts. Oh, thank you, Michelle. It is such a pleasure to be here with you today. It is such a pleasure
5: to be with you. And y'all, sometimes you get to know people by their IG names and you probably (laughs) like Chelsea Jackson Roberts. Yes, honey, it's Chelsea Loves Yoga. Okay, (laughs) Isn't that funny how you've gotten to know people by their IG handles and you're like, But my name on my birth certificate or my marriage certificate or my degree or, you know, (laughs) my license is Chelsea Jackson Roberts. How are you doing? And thank you for checking in.
6: I am well today, Michelle. I mean, you know, when I tuned in and was able to see you and know that we're going to talk about something that's very dear to my heart, I'm telling you, I've been looking forward to this all day. So Mm thank you for having me. (laughs)
5: Listen, what you do is amazing. And we've got some lovers of all types of music. And so remember Peloton did a collaboration with Beyonce Yes, and you were a part of that, like how awesome. And so you've been able to, through following your passion... You weren't loud about it, y'all. This is what I do. This is kind of pre the social media burst of ads and collaborations. I'm just excited that something that you were passionate about actually aligned you with these brands. You didn't go searching for it, I guess.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's important with anyone who wants to pursue their purpose in life. You have to really be grounded, connected to your why, because it doesn't always happen overnight. As you know, it's something that has to be in your heart, it has to be something that if no one else was watching, would I still do this thing? And mm-hmm. for me, that's been yoga. That's been my path. And so you're absolutely right. I started Chelsea Loves Yoga back in 2011 before you know Instagram and TikTok and all these different platforms, are, which are wonderful for us to have mm-hmm. access to all of these different ways of understanding the world. But I started off with this segment called Yogi in the Community, because when I started practicing yoga in the early 2000s, right after graduating from college and embarking on early adulthood, I didn't necessarily see folks who reflected my background culturally, aesthetically, who my accent sometimes. And it was important that I elevated folks in the community who Mm -hmm. were practicing yoga and using yoga as a tool to heal from past traumas, to cultivate community. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've been doing this for a while and it's nice. I will say it's nice to get the recognition now. However, had I not, I would still be doing this very thing. That's so good. That means you
5: love what you do. You found purpose in what you do. And I think when you know you're making impact on other people's lives, the awards and the woo-ha-ha-ha doesn't mean as much versus what means more. Somebody probably coming up to you saying, because of this, you've helped heal trauma. You saved my life.
6: Oh my goodness. The DMs, the emails, the in-person moments, like they are quite emotionally filled for me because you're right. Folks are impacted by seeing a Black woman in particular, a woman of color, being able to share vulnerable parts of her that are embodied, being able to share even my past trauma and how yoga and meditation have helped me through it. Mm. Now, how
5: did you get there? What was your journey to getting
6: here? Absolutely. I love sharing my journey because it's a reminder that no two paths are the same, but sometimes we may end up in the same place along the journey. Mm-hmm. And it's important that I share that. I thought that yoga was just a workout. I was just like, oh, let me get in shape. Let me get connected, which was cool. I always share that my first class that I went to was a hot yoga class in which I fainted, Michelle. However... <laughs> After I, can I can see it, why you did, because it gets hot and not yoga. I can see absolutely. why you did. After the cold towels brought me back, I was just like, you know, there was something outside of that moment that really felt connected in my body. I remember looking at my own eyes in the mirror as I was practicing and the tears welling up and I didn't really understand what was happening. But for the first time, I was allowing myself to see and meet myself as Chelsea after all of the years of you know exploring what do I want to do? I was a school teacher. I went to Spelman College where I really came into my womanhood in many ways. And it was on the yoga mat that I was just like, wow, like there was this aha moment. And it was scary. It was challenging to see myself vulnerably. I think that that's a reason why yoga can be intimidating for folks. It can just be like, you know, I don't know. This seems like something that you see these pictures of people doing these really outrageous postures that can be quite beautiful, but By definition, yoga means to unite. It means to yoke. And so my journey started with me just wanting to get closer and more connected to my body. And it was Mm -hmm. later in life that I experienced a really large trauma in my life of losing one of my closest friends, one of my Spelman sisters, to gun violence. And I remember... The feeling that I had on the yoga mat that was this almost Mm. space of like a cocoon that when I stepped onto the mat, just similar to, you know, when I experienced moments through my faith or when I experienced moments of going back home to my community, it's this moment of I'm okay and I'm accepted in all of me, not just the parts of me. And so it has definitely supported me along my journey to where I come back. To yoga even through challenging times right now
5: <laughs> yes yes you use the word vulnerability and i think you've helped me articulate that word that's been missing when i <laughs> step into a yoga class. it is being vulnerable mm-hmm. it is being vulnerable but you're not an expert in the poses you're gonna look goofy you're gonna look crazy <laughs> then you're like oh i'm not as flexible as this older woman next to me mm-hmm. But it, it is allowing, and like you say, yoking, uniting. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, being vulnerable in a yoga class, I've never been made to feel like it's some competition.
6: Right, right. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's what I hope. That's what my intention has always been, to make yoga this accessible space where we can celebrate our unique differences so that we can then collectively experience those moments that we do have in common. Like, I can relate to that, of feeling like, am I doing this right? I may fall off of, out of a posture. But that's one of the reasons why I love to integrate music, to bring the levity into yoga. I want to meet people right where they are. So if it's R&B or gospel that brings folks to the mat, then that's why I like to, to see that aha moment in other people and my students when they say, well, I never imagined doing yoga to this genre of music or in this style. Now,
5: you said yoga and gospel music. Yes. Now, <laughs> if I were to go home, hmm And tell one of my aunts
7: Mm -hmm. that's
5: in the good old church that I grew up in, a Pentecostal (laughs) sanctified church. Hey, come on and let's go do yoga. You already know what that response is going to be.
6: I do. I absolutely do. I, you know, I went back home, and I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Shout out to Dayton, Ohio, out there. Mm -hmm. And I went back home, and we had a um, summer camp at our church, and I remember many of the parents being reluctant, they were just had a lot of questions. And what I do, I say, you know, you're welcome to come in and watch a class. And at the end of the day, it's about the breath. It is about our foundation. And I always tell people in my gospel yoga classes, it is for all faiths or no faith at all. I wanna meet you exactly where you are so that you can begin to tap into whatever that divine experience looks like for you. I want you to name that for yourself. Mm. And so absolutely, I do have a lot of questions. I have the questions in the DMs, but at the end of the day, it's about connecting and making whatever it is that you already connect with even more potent in your heart by bringing it into this embodied experience.
5: That's so good. When I came to Atlanta, it it seems more permanent because I've been here since the end of 2018. Mm -hmm. My cousin Brittany is a licensed therapist. And uh, one day she was saying, hey, let's go to a yoga class. I was mm-hmm. like, you go to yoga? Because <laughs> I, kn- I know your grandmother is strict in holiness. <laughs> and so I was like, because I had kind of been going to yoga and not really telling anybody mm-hmm, and sound baths, but I was so glad to know that, yes, there are other people of all faiths yes. that go to yoga. And speaking of sound baths, I don't know if you saw or follow Fantasia, but one day she posted this beautiful picture of various bowls, mm-hmm. and she was about to do a sound bath or had just completed one. Mm-hmm. So I was nosy. I went and looked at those comments, <laughs> Dr. Chelsea, and I was yeah. like, <laughs> "You do know that breathing." is used for a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. Certain frequencies of various sounds. That's why that same person who don't believe in a sound bath, but that same person says, I have to go to sleep with the TV on.
6: Mm -hmm.
5: Mm -hmm. Because it's something about whatever's being produced. So it's like, you do know it's kind of the same thing. Am I on the right path? You You are
6: (laughs) It's this resonance, you know? In yoga, you may hear people use the sound of Om. Like you may hear people say Om, And some people want to shy away from that. But it is actually very related to the amen that you hear in the church. It's very much related to the ashe that you hear. (laughs) In in Nigeria, yes, Yes, exactly. And so what's beautiful to me is that this practice meets us exactly where we are. And I remember the first time that I heard like the, the music that you often hear in yoga I had the same reaction in many ways in my heart. The tears began to come down that I had when I went to my first Baptist church in Dayton, Ohio or in Atlanta, Georgia later on in life. And Mm -hmm. so to me, again, it meets us exactly where we are. And I want folks to know that just as you would go around and look to see what type of church you resonate with, you want to see what type of yoga teacher you resonate with. And it's my hope that I bring that part of yes. my culture, a part of my upbringing to the mat so that people know, yeah, we are welcome here too. So I'm based in New York City. You are based in New York City. Yeah, okay. And I moved here, you know, a little over two years ago, right at the beginning of the pandemic. But I lived in Atlanta for quite some time. Spelman pulled me in and i that's where I became a school teacher. That's where I really taught yoga in the community. So, yeah, we're here in Harlem. <laughs> Come on.
5: That is so, so, so good. You mentioned about the tears that begin to flow. And I know for the first time when I did hot yoga, the tears began to flow. And you want to talk about being vulnerable. It's like, why am I crying? Yeah, yeah it happened again in 2018. I knew why I was crying, Mm -hmm. but then it's happened again. And this time when it happened, it happened because of the growth. Mm -hmm. And I think I was in a place of gratitude, but do you mind explaining why is it that after certain yoga classes, literally out of Mm -hmm. tears, what is going on in the body when we do that?
6: That was the thing that I'm talking about, Michelle, that was challenging for me, that because it was the unknown. It was just like, what is happening to me right now? And in yoga, we have to remind ourselves that we are centering the body, which contains our nervous system, which contains all of the experiences that our body remembers. Even if our mind, even if we don't necessarily wanna pull up those memories, those experiences are stored in our body. So anytime that we have the opportunity to start to use the breath, start to Mm. hold the heart in these postures, start to stretch the body into spaces that actually feel soothing. I always tell my students, I want you to practice allowing the earth to hold you, meaning I want you to practice allowing someone else to support you, especially Black women. And so for me, It is this moment of us to say, my friend and colleague, Octavia Raheem would always say, like, if this has been living in my body and this is coming out now, do you really want it to stay stuck there? So if you can use this practice of yoga to be this opportunity to let go of whatever it is that you no longer need to hold, then why not? Mm. And in the sacred parts of yoga, it's called tapas. And so tapas may look like tears, it may look like sweat, it may look like laughter. So it is this relief oh. in mental health spaces. We call it this discharge, especially if you've experienced trauma. And so it's what our bodies will naturally do. There have been studies of animals in the wild that actually, after getting out of danger, which can traumatize your body, they do this thing where they begin to shake and they're letting go of whatever it was that was stored in their reaction. And they're resetting their nervous system to the state a comb that it was before the trauma happened. So that's essentially what we're doing when we practice yoga, when we dance, when we go out for that walk, whatever it is, we're allowing our body to let go. And I love yoga because it centers the breath and the body through that.
5: Yes. Somebody is listening right now saying, (laughs) wait a minute now, you mean to tell me yoga can heal my pain. Mm,
6: Yes. And that's a part of it. That's a piece of it. I have a therapist I have my faith, I have my yoga practice, but what happens is that my yoga practice solidifies all of the other things that I'm doing so that I can take a moment and pause and be present for those moments. Mm. So yes,
7: yoga- always Oof. in my
6: back pocket
5: <laughs> so pausing and being present is that mindfulness
6: absolutely being mindful is being aware it is I mean come on when we're out in the world we're absorbing so much information so many messages whether we realize it or not whether it's on the billboard or the TV or the radio or mm. just listening so our body is absorbing these things and so when we take those moments to either practice yoga or meditation, to say, even if it's for women, I just put on my social channels, a one minute moment to let go of the day of just placing your hands onto your heart, taking in a deep inhale, feeling the rise and mm. the fall of your chest. And that's just used to be an anchor to help you get present with what it is that you are experiencing, what you need to let go or what you need to let in.
5: I'm just curious because you know, we're talking about people of color going to yoga. And so we can come in with all of these, you know. I'm talking to that man that's walking in that's so tough. Mm-hmm. So, any testimonials of that? Like they walk in so like mm,
6: Absolutely. dismissing,
5: dismissing the, you know, and Absolutely. now they're like.
6: I'm married to one of them. <laughs> my my husband in particular when we first started dating Michelle he decided I'm going to go and get certified in yoga. I'm going to go and get a teacher's training because I need to understand this lens that you use through our relationship. Woo! Listen out there everyone, it's it is a thing and I can tell you that it has certainly served Our relationship throughout the years, we've been married for seven years. We're expecting our first child right now. And let's talk about how that has helped me navigate. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so
5: much. Yes. So I know you are expecting that process to, I mean... Because of the breathing. Yeah, and the... absolutely. Oh, yes. Gosh, what is it called? It's It might be when my cousin was pregnant. I don't know if it was a, a mindful. It was almost like yoga for labor or something yeah, that well, they did. You know, did. the
6: old school, they called them Lamaze classes. And I know that they still do that. That was like the 80s, early 90s. I mm-hmm. that. when I look at that footage, I'm like, they're doing yoga. They're practicing yoga. And so... <laughs> Yeah, but it, it does. And again, it's with that presence. It's the presence in our relationships. And that's why what you to your point of asking, like, so what happened when that guy who walks in, who says, I can do all the pushups, I can do all the pull ups. And then they come into yoga and they see us doing what we call a vinyasa flow, moving through, you know, our downward facing dog, our plank. And they see, wow, OK, Y'all are really strong in here. And so what I love is that it is shifting folks in their perspectives and worldviews and their lenses that they use to what is strength. And for me, yoga is that way to like the longevity of strength to me is practice and shows up in our yoga classes.
5: (laughs) The vinyasa, what you, it does take, I think I'm using more more energy because I'm trying to be graceful with it because i'm trying to just look like go,
6: michelle just let
5: it go i'm still trying to look like the instructor i mean they just be shroom i mean like water and i be struggling yes. Yes. It be, be a little choppy and mm-hmm. like Oh, I need to focus maybe in my stretching. There's a place here they call they do guided stretching. Mm-hmm. And the more so I'm like, okay, that that that's gonna help with those moves yeah. being seamless. But I know y'all encourage consistency though mm-hmm. with yoga.
6: Yeah. And there's different types of yoga. So you may find a yoga class that places emphasis on holding a posture longer. And I love them all. I love all the classes, but you're absolutely right. I still, to this day, after decades <laughs> of practicing yoga, honey, I'm like in here full sled. And that's what I want people to know too. And then for me, like when you add that on to what it is that you're already, maybe you set an intention. We do that a lot in yoga before the class. Maybe it is to be kind to myself during this practice, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how physically challenging it is. Maybe that's the intention. So when you couple that with actually doing this workout, yeah, listen, <laughs> it's infinite possibility. Okay.
5: Me and my girls, the producers, we're always talking about some of everything. So today you came in on us talking about exercises to uplift
6: the face.
5: Mm -hmm. Right. Now, how is our beauty routine actually? Mm -hmm. A yoga practice.
6: Yeah, well, you know, with the ancient practices of yoga, because you know, yoga is thousands of years old. With the origin in India, folks have also seen examples in the continent of Africa, and so there's this Mm. science called called Ayurveda. And it is, yes, familiar, right? So in Ayurveda, it's more of a focus on the internal and also the routines and practices that we can do for our internal organs, for our skin. And there's a particular practice called Abhyanga, and it's simply a self massage. It is when you don't have the time, the resources, the opportunity to go down the street or wherever you live to get that massage. Abhyanga is the self-massage. And so I do that with my face. I'll do a self-massage with my face at the end of the night. And that's a part of my routine. That's a part of pouring back into myself throughout the day. You know, we do a lot in this world. I know your listeners out there, they gravitate toward your programming. Then I know that they're out there doing a lot. And so why Mm. create that space for yourself to love and pour back in to yourself and so, yeah, Abiyanga self-massage, whether you're taking the knuckles and moving the oxygen through your skin, that is going to give you that, that overnight facelift for sure. <laughs>
5: that is so good. And so there are times we use those moments to just, you get up in the morning, you wash your face, brush your teeth, uh-huh. shower real quick, instead of maybe getting the extra five minutes of slow, sustained movements and like breathing. Yeah, and I know we're wanting to conserve water, so people, you know, sometimes like some folks just stand in the shower, let that water fall, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and let that water flow, but dry brushing. Yeah. And, you know, is good for all of all of everything that you're talking about. So y'all are morning, noon, or beauty routines at night is actually a yoga practice. And you were talking about Ayurveda. Is that where Aveda comes from? I'm
6: pretty sure that's where a lot of the roots are from. The first time I heard that, I was like, that has to be related. That's
5: got to be related.
6: The essential oils that they use, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, concentration on your individual body constitution. I went into a hot yoga class and I found out that my body constitution is actually in opposition to a lot of fire. And so that is probably the reason why I got overwhelmed and overheated. And so, yeah, Ayurveda is fascinating. And when you have yoga and Ayurveda as those sister sciences Mm -hmm, together, mm -hmm. you're getting into even more holistic ways of living and treating yourself. Wow. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I'm learning so much because <laughs> I love going to a spa. And so I, I do see, you know, Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. And I think a couple of weeks ago for my birthday, I got this facial, but she was doing some sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was absolutely <laughs> Amazing. I wanted to make sure that I touched on yoga and literacy Mm -hmm. and how you are making that connection and how you're using it on one's journey as well.
6: Yes, absolutely. Well, you're talking about something that's quite dear to my heart. My my first baby, which was yoga, literature and art camp for teen girls and for since 2013, we've been serving young women of color between the ages of 13 through 17. It's a tuition-free camp. And Mm. we're at Spelman College Museum of Fine Art. And then the pandemic happened to where we had to move to a digital platform. And right now, as we move around this country, I'm looking to have that opportunity here in New York, in Harlem. And because we integrate literature and art, With the embodied practice of yoga, the young women who come out of there, I mean, you can see the evolution. They were already brilliant, but it's something about being in a space that centers their experiences through literature. When I was a little girl, I remember reading so much. I would read so much, but I would never be able to feel that connection. I loved Ramona Quimby. And so I remember I could identify with her as a little girl, but she didn't have the same hair as me. I had barrettes, I had bees, I had three. Mm-hmm. And I remember wanting and longing for that connection with the main character. So I started to create my own main character. I started to write my own stories. And so I took that same passion that I have for literature and I brought it into with the community of other women. And yoga teachers and educators, so that we could just make that normal, normalizing that our experiences and our stories are centered. And so that Mm. that is that component of the the literature and the art that we integrate into YLA camp.
5: That's so good.
7: tests, diarrhea, hair thinning, or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. I just want to talk
5: about how you've made it accessible mm-hmm. and you've made it to where everybody can do yoga. Yes. Now your practice has led you to work with some of everybody. <laughs> okay. Shonda Rhimes, Janelle Monet, yes. Jennifer Garden, Janet Monk. And so you've started this mission to make yoga and meditation accessible to everybody. And I think what you've talked about is one of your ways that you are doing that,
6: you know, through
5: YLA and red clay yoga.
6: Yeah, red clay yoga. So when I met Shane, my husband, who converted into yoga world, I was finishing my PhD at Emory. I was an educator, It was in educational studies. And I knew that once I finished this five year program, I was at a crossroads and it wow. was this option of, are you gonna apply for tenure track positions in the universities and colleges, which was fine. Or do you wanna continue this work that you did with YLA camp, which was actually my dissertation it was the students and their parents and the community members who said when is the next one are we going to do another one next summer and so i remembered being tasked with that decision of saying what am i going to do with the rest of my life and shane asked me and he encouraged you know that i sustained this work that we already had accomplished And that's when we said, well, we need a governing board. We need an actual Mm. organization that will ensure this longevity. And so that's where we founded Red Clay Yoga, which is our nonprofit that is still going strong. We've recruited so many community members, yoga teachers, and educators in Atlanta who are on the ground right now still doing the work. And so, yeah, that, that has been the mission since 2013 and 2014. I was gonna say red clay. I I have a friend,
5: I don't know if his music production company is red dirt. Mm -hmm, And I was like, that's this Atlanta because the dirt
6: is red. Yeah. And (laughs) we wanted to exactly we wanted to always remember those roots. My family's from the south, from Tennessee and Mississippi. And I always wanted to, you know, remember where we're from and being founded in Georgia. And as you know, that red dirt, that red clay. So that's where the name came Yeah, yeah. And we're
5: both Midwest girls. I'm from Illinois. (laughs) You're right over there in the neighboring state of Michigan. But Ohio. (laughs) Ohio. (laughs) How amazing. Do you
6: still have family there? Oh, goodness. So my mom, my dad, they're still there just celebrated 50 years of marriage. I have my granny who is 97 there. My other grandmother who is 94. I mean, yes, Dayton is still always going to be home. Whenever I say we're going home and maybe I'm talking about New York, my parents are like, no, this is always home. This is home.
5: (laughs) Well, by the way, Kudos to you. You have a tribe still. Lots of us, our grandparents are gone. I was just mm-hmm. sharing with someone how I feel like, even though I think a lot of the emotional things that I've gone through, it's because my grandmother's not here. Mm-hmm. She might didn't have all the words to say, mm-hmm. but she was a safe place just to, I could get off the plane and go to grandma's house. Yeah. But It's the good thing about yoga, as you said, people go there to build community. So folks that are listening, your mom, your dad might not be here. Your grandparents, that safe place may not be here. But I'm telling you, I know yoga has been a part of my healing journey and community.
6: Yeah, Michelle, I always say I'm so glad that you said that because I always say that some of my first yoga teachers were those people like my granny who may have never done a downward facing dog, but the way in which she lives her life (laughs) is definitely grounded in the the fundamentals of yoga. Yeah, Yeah. You know, that aware, present person. I always feel so present when I'm with her and to know that that will live on. And that's essentially what yoga is about. It's this lineage. It's of having your teachers. And my teachers are those, especially the women in my life who came before me, who I can see, all right, here's the blueprint. My husband and I do a lot of work with our own ancestry. And to look Mm. and see the documents and see the history dating back to the 1800s, and, you know, as African-Americans, that's really important for us to be able to have that that connection in those ways. And so I, I often say my ancestors were some of my first yoga teachers.
5: <laughs> that is so, so, so good. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. We could dive into that because I I didn't know that you said there was even some yoga history in Africa. Africa,
6: yeah, there is a whole, you know, a whole like how you have different schools of yoga, different ways of approaching it, and there's a whole understanding and school of yoga and teachers who look at, you know, the hieroglyphics and the pictures mm. that we can see in East Africa and Egypt and these different places within the continent, and so there, there's evidence there now. You know, I certainly was trained in the the ways of the yoga texts that involve the sutras, if people know what that is out there. Ooh. Yes. Well, the yoga sutras. I'm <laughs> talking oh. about the kama sutras. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> but no, Pantanjali's yoga sutras, which is actually... In the the same vein, okay? And so it is the understanding and what you find in the Yoga Sutras is this governing of how we walk in this world. So it's the nonviolence. It's the having integrity with our word, our actions, our thoughts. It is the not taking more than what we need. And I mean, these are all principles that if we integrated this into our lives, I think that we would find even more balance and equity throughout this world
5: listen that's so good (laughs) and when i tell you the baby that you are carrying they have no idea the blessing that they are about to be born into like i'm sure that baby will be three years old (laughs) talking about
6: some it's so funny the (laughs) first uh first ultrasounds that we got they were like he's in this position where his knees are underneath his chest and his little booty is back to his heels. I was like,
5: He's in child's pose. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. As adults, sometimes we could learn to go back into that child's pose, that Mm -hmm. sacred pose, Mm -hmm. because that safety, it's intimacy, it's going into yourself. So, okay, you're right. Okay, okay. So we are (laughs) going to breathe. We're going to go into that child's pose. And Dr. Chelsea Jackson-Roberts, we're so delighted that you checked in with us today. And oh,
6: Michelle, this was such you, an enjoyable Listen, it's such an
5: amazing, because sometimes when you, when you think of yoga, and I'm glad that I'm, I have a variety of folks coming in here, you know, talking about this topic, but I think yours is so refreshing, relatable, and it's not intimidating. You're making it like, yo, walk into that yoga studio, yeah. walk into that sacred space, as you
6: are. Yep.
5: Yeah, y'all, please don't walk in there like you an expert because it's
6: gonna humble you
5: (laughs) real quick. (laughs) Get your little mat and have a seat because I did it. I'm like, oh, I dance. I know we. No, it's quite humbling. It's very, 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 very humbling. It is a beautiful practice. Again, Dr. Chelsea Jackson Roberts anything coming up well besides you going into birth
6: soon so that's the big I said this is what my yoga practice has prepared me for
9: for all my life
6: for this moment but I, you know I continue to do the work of making yoga a space for all people to be feel seen yes um, yeah I continue to do that over as you mentioned at Peloton so I would love to see you
5: (gasps) (laughs) so my manager got me a bike for Mm -hmm. my birthday and I just closed on a home on Friday so as soon as I get settled in the bike it will be delivered so I will be seeing you on my Peloton screen
6: Yes. And just for your listeners out there, also know that's great that you have the bike, Michelle. I'm so excited. I'll see you on the leaderboard. And also, you don't even need that equipment to be able to access, especially my meditations. I urge people. That's a great place to start. I do sleep. Okay, we talked about sleep a little bit. So sleep meditation, mm, I'm that down. Mm-hmm. what is so cool is that you can see all the people who are tuning in at the same time. Sometimes it'll be 12 midnight. There will be 1500 people on there doing sleep meditation to my voice at the same time. So start with the sleep meditation, y'all.
5: <laughs> that is so good. Cause a lot of y'all have been saying you have not been sleeping well. And a lot of, uh, some of y'all have asked me is lack of sleep linked to depression and some Mm -hmm. of it is depression and anxiety but Dr. Chelsea Jackson is saying she has a meditation just for you yeah Yeah. listen for the third time because I keep bringing stuff up thank you again
6: thank you Michelle all right right. (laughs) yes ma'am
5: we'll see you again soon see y'all I told you I told y'all this was going to be good. I cannot wait. I'm getting back into definitely guided stretching and yoga. Guided stretching, by the way, is awesome. Look it up. You might grow an extra feet or two when you stretch out those ligaments. I'm so glad we got a chance to talk to Dr. Roberts about all things yoga and meditation. And congratulations to her bundle of joy that is on the way. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Checking In. I just love you. Thank you for downloading episodes. You guys are blowing my mind. I say that every week because I'm always just, I don't take this position and platform for granted because it's you guys that are ensuring that I still have one. So again, thank you for checking in and we'll talk next week. Checking in with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: Got my PrevNar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at
2: higher risk